you want to help grow the game in all these different places. You want to go meet people of different cultures and just for me, so much of it is just see what's out there, you know, see how the game differs from different countries. Um, the travel is obviously a huge part of it, you know, cause it's this great, big, beautiful world out there. You know, let's go see it and go on an adventure somewhere. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I've been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Hey guys, it's David Burns, the founder of BaseballJobsOverseas.com, and this is our podcast that helps to inform you about the many playing and coaching opportunities around the world. Okay. So Tim, you back in uh, St. Louis right now? Back in St. Louis, just kind of kind of an off-season, I guess, just coaching and, and doing all that right now, getting ready for the next one. Awesome. So, I mean, what, what's the plan now? Are you going back to Croatia? That's the plan, yeah. So probably head back there for the season. Um, looking forward to it. I mean, Split is just an unbelievable city, just unbelievable. So looking right. forward to getting back there, getting some, some beach time, play some ball. And it doesn't get much better. I bet, especially down there. I was able to go on vacation down there briefly, but I was up more in northern Croatia near like Pula, Kamenjak, Ravin, and like Dubrovnik, not not Dubrovnik, um, Novigrad. But okay. it's beautiful. That side of the Adriatic Ocean or Adriatic Sea is just immaculate. Yeah. And if you ever get the chance to head a little bit further south with the, all just all the islands and everything like that, it's just, I mean, it's like living in a painting. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Before, before we get into this, I mean, I wasn't here for the last podcast, so I kind of want to give like a brief overview of your career. And then for some of our listeners who maybe didn't get to catch the first, uh, first podcast, I just kind of want to go through your career a little bit. So uh, you're from Kansas City, Missouri, originally, correct? From St. Louis. From St. Louis. Or, yeah, yeah, St. Louis. Yeah. Good start, Jimmy. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> St. Louis. But you went to uh, Johnson County Junior College. Yeah, so there's your Kansas City right there. So you're on it. Oh, yeah, I was close to it. Um, then you went to play some D2 ball at uh, Pittsburgh State. You set a couple records there for just not walking anyone, which is same Tim Brown we've learned to know and love. Do you still have those records? I, I have no idea. I haven't been back there for a while. Um, I'll have to check, I guess. But yeah, I, I have no idea. Didn't you you hold a career record for uh, like well, just not walking anyone, right? And for a single season record as well. Or at least you did. I, or at the time, I believe so. Again, I don't know what the, what it is right now. Okay. Well, you had a really successful career there. Then you went on to go play in the American Association. Was that just directly after college? Yep. That was uh, right after college. Went there. Um, played there for a bunch of years. Was able to um, sign with the Phillies there briefly for a little bit. Played with them. And yeah, just kind of bounced around the American Association. Um, went and spent two years in the Frontier League as well. Yeah. Uh, before going back to the American Association for a two-time All Star, both All Star seasons in the Frontier League, through yes, no sir. hitter, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> wow, you know it was it was a good night. I'll say that. Yeah, but then uh, when you were in the American Association, you went down to Australia in the winters, right? 
Yeah. So I had a, the guy on our team who was our catcher had played down there the year before. And basically it just all came about because, you know, after, after a game one time, I was just talking with him. I knew he'd been down there. It sounded like a really cool experience. So I kind of just asked him, you know, do you know anybody looking? And as it all turned out, he, his team was looking for a pitcher at the time. So he said, just, you know, call this guy. And then it all started. The whole international journey started from there. And that was 2012, just to put a timestamp on this. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) That was a while ago now. 10 years. Pre-BBJO. Basically, right at the birth of BBJO is when you first went overseas. So we didn't didn't cross paths for a while. Yeah. 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 That was a while ago. But then uh, each each winter you went back to Australia, you went somewhere new. So that first season was in South Australia in the state. Was that with uh, Golden Grove Dodgers? Is that right? That was Golden Grove. And then went back to Golden Grove the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, the following year went to Melbourne. Yep. Um, played the state league as well as with the Aces there. Awesome. Uh, the next year was back in South Australia, but with Kensington. And then that next year ended up in Brisbane playing out there. Yeah. Awesome. On the beach with, with awesome. the Padres. Yeah. Oh, Brisbane. It doesn't get much better than Brisbane. We're just a block or two from the beach and just, mm. yeah, I feel like, yeah. I mean, no matter where you go to play in Australia, like you're close to the beach. Cause I mean, 90% of the population lives within like a couple miles of the beach. It's great. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I miss it down there. Yeah, it is an island, so I'm guessing the beach isn't too far away if you start walking in any direction. But it's huge. <laughs> I mean, like it's not too much different than the size yeah. of the U.S. It's just the yeah, whole yeah. like middle part of the country is just inhabitable because it's like yeah. 130 degrees. Oh yeah, I did some backpacking back in the day in Australia, and I remember the feeling. I was in some locals. We met some locals, and and they took us out to some swimming hole or something. And I'm sitting in the back of the car and the window's down and it felt like a blow dryer just blowing in your face. It was so warm and humid and uh, it was, it was, it was tough. I could imagine playing baseball on that actually. And, yeah, and actually- the, sun, the sun hits different down there. It just hits you different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like they actually take a break through the hottest part of the summer. So like around Christmas and New Year's, I I think most of those state leagues they take a break through that time to just because it's like it's I mean over thirty degrees Celsius or like one hundred and twenty degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, and for good reason too. There's a good reason for that break. Yeah, yeah. So Tim, you were so when you were bouncing around the indie leagues, you were going over every winter playing baseball in Australia. I think that was for five winners straight, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. So that was just basically baseball year round. I mean, there was no off season. There was no nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot of innings, a lot of, but a lot of fun. And that's why I kept doing it. Cause it was just so much fun to continue to travel and play year round. And mm-hmm. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. And then I interviewed you in 2017. We, we went through all that. And a lot of my questions were around, how were you able to, to, you know, stay in the, in the shape to pitch year around like that and everything. Um, so I won't go down that road with this one. We got a bunch of other questions for you, but that was five years ago. I interviewed, I interviewed you. I can't believe how, how time flies like that. So, um, but at that time we were talking about, okay, now you're finally going to forgo 
indie ball in the States and you're going to go try give Europe a try. And that was the conversation heading into that first season in Europe um, in the Czech Republic. So you started in the Czech Republic. And then since that interview, you went to the Czech Republic and then um, you were off to Germany. Then you yep. spent a season between Slovenia and Austria where you came in, uh, played with the athletics where I am. Um, then the pandemic hit. So you were in the States um, for that summer. New Zealand. Yeah, oh, yeah, New Zealand's not on here. Yeah, we were both in New Zealand back then, yeah. right, right before that pandemic hit. That's where I first That's met good. you. I miss New Zealand. Yep, the 1920 winter. Yeah, so after after Austria, you went to New Zealand. Then the pandemic hit, or it hit while you were there right at the end, kind of. Yep. Um, then you were, so Croatia, Austria, sorry, Slovenia, Austria, and then U.S., and then you came back last summer in Croatia, which we were just talking about absolutely beautiful i'm curious about obviously the lifestyle living there is great how is the baseball i know split is you know at the at the top there within the national league there in croatia i just like to get your take on um how many teams maybe are in the league what's the level of competition um and yeah we'll just go from there so last year there were five teams i believe and you know because of that there's you know the talent is very there's not a lot of talent to really disperse um, which is a good thing because it makes the league better. And it was it's pretty much every year seems to come down to split and the other top team over there, which is Karlovac. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those two, when we played them in the finals this year, those games were just very tight, very, you know, playoff baseball is always very intense and just it's a lot of fun. Um, and especially playing them, you know, we played them a lot throughout the year. And, you know, when those two teams got together, the baseball was very very good, I would say. Yeah, I heard there's a lot of uh, good good young talent coming out of Croatia, and I know we ran into a Croatian team um, in the European Cup up in Belgium a number of years back, and and I was surprised at at the, the level where I hadn't anticipated them being as strong as they were, and they were young too. And so I remember thinking, "Ooh, the future looks bright." And now they're in the A pool um, in Europe, and. And they, they actually did really well. Yeah. They did really well in the European Championships too. They have some yeah. good Croatian players coming out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you guys said, still kind of a very young core. I think they're doing things very well to you know keep getting better. Um, imports they're bringing over are very good to help elevate the game. So I think they're definitely on the right track to continue to, to have success. I know they bring over some big uh, American coaches too, like Bill Percy, Paul Mrazek. They're both. Um, like in the ABCA Hall of I know Bill Percy's in the ABCA Hall of Fame and he comes over, works with Karlovats a couple times a year, does some clinics and like works with them. So, I mean, they're, it seems like they're really like kind of investing into the game out there. And it's just a beautiful place to not only live, but I mean, also get to play baseball down there. I don't think many people, at least from the States, know that there's baseball in Croatia. And no, and even, even people in Croatia don't know there's baseball in Croatia, yeah. but but the yeah. people who play it love it. And yeah. you know, see some pretty, pretty good facilities as far as fields and everything go. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say split is one of those nice fields, but um, you know, some of the other places very nice to play at too. Yeah. I've heard that field is, uh, I, I heard, do they have a mound? Is that right? Or they don't <laughs> have a mound? Or, I, I heard uh, something about the mound. Uh, the mound. So we actually, have, we have to carry it out in pieces and piece it together. before <laughs> the game is taken down. And it's heavy. And it's, it's, I mean, it takes the whole team to put it out there and it's quite the experience just to watch. I'm sure. 
Wow. Okay, that yeah. that kind of leads me to my next question, um, which is like, so you've played professional baseball in the U.S. You played some affiliated ball. You've played independent ball in like high level leagues, like the American Association, Frontier League, um, and affiliated ball. Um, what are, what are the main differences uh, between independent ball and playing overseas? aside from having to assemble your own own mound uh, over there in Croatia? Because, I mean, you've played at a lot of different levels overseas, too, like Australia, Czech Republic, Germany, Slovenia, Croatia. Like, you've been all over the place. So what what are – can you touch on some of the differences between uh, affiliated ball, independent ball, and overseas baseball? I mean, one of the main differences is the schedule. You know, when you're playing here in the U.S., it's every single day you got games, you know, usually, um, night games and, you know, you spend a week on the road, you spend a week at home and, you know, your team is basically your family. You're with them 24 hours a day. Sometimes it seems like, especially on the road. So I think that would be a main difference. Um, and then, you know, as opposed to Europe and ball overseas, it's a, it's a couple games a week, a couple practices here and there. So the schedule is much more laid back. Um, and that's actually something I, I miss about the U S sometimes is I always enjoy playing every single day. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a ball player, you want to be out there playing. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, kind of that trade-off is you do have more time to go out and travel and see new places and those things overseas, which is yeah. just an incredible experience, of course. So, um, I mean, those are a main difference. And then, um, and baseball is baseball, wherever you go, you know, whether it's, that high level independent or, you know, anything. I mean, baseball is just baseball. Right. Uh, well, I mean, what about kind of the, like the offers that you get and maybe a little bit of insight into like kind of how you're treated from teams, like maybe overseas compared to an independent ball. Cause I know, I mean, I played a little bit of independent ball. It wasn't in the American association or frontier, but the like, my vibe from that was kind of that it's like really cutthroat because like everyone's just kind of like a dime a dozen. And like, there's a bunch of players that are uh, going for these spots. Whereas overseas, I've noticed that teams really go out of their way to make sure that their foreign players and their imports are really taken care of. Um, Could you offer any insight into the main differences in that aspect? I think you pretty much stole my word there. Cutthroat's the right word. I mean, it's, you know, especially at the beginning, kind of starting out your career um, in independent ball or affiliated, if you don't perform those first, even like the first week or couple of days, I mean, they'll just, like you said, on to the next guy um, and just continue to keep going. Whereas overseas you do, I mean, you get to know people um, so well, they do take care of you. Um, you know, if you stay with the host family, you become part of their family. And, and as long as you're doing the right things by the team and everything like that, then, I mean, you're, yeah, you're part of that team's family, part of their culture, and they really embrace you. Um, so I think that's a fantastic point on your part because, uh, yeah, that, that independent ball, they'll, they'll get ready in a heartbeat if, yeah. if they feel like a better option. Yeah, that gives me that I, I had about eight questions pop my head in the, in the last five minutes here. But <clears throat> most recently, I'm, I'm thinking when you, when you touched on, um, you know, how cutthroat it is and everything there. I know that a lot of guys that come overseas um, maybe struggle with the self-discipline aspect of it because overseas you're kind of responsible for yourself a lot of the time where, like you said, back in the States, 
you know, it was, it was a daily thing, you know? So yeah. it, do you, have you ever struggled to, to keep up with the routine and to, you know, stay at the top of your game um, and also factoring in that you're playing at a lower level sometimes. So do you ever find like motivation is hard to find sometimes, or uh, like my opinion of you is you seem like a true professional. When I saw you with the athletics, you always operated in a professional way and you, you, you were getting your work in. Um, but I, if there's any, if you can talk a little bit about that, maybe there's something that somebody can pull out of that that's coming over for the first time uh, in their overseas career. Well, my, the way I always look at it is that the reason that you're over there, your number one priority, and the only reason you're there in the first place is because these teams, you know, bring you over and trust you to come over, help their team, help their culture. So that's your, that's your number one priority. And that's, that always has to be that way. You know, being able to travel and go have fun and do all the other things, you know, that's those, there's time for that as you get to it. But, you know, you kind of, you have an obligation of these teams to give your best at all times, because that's what they're bringing you over there to do. So to me, it's never been, it's, you know, getting a good routine right from the very beginning. And then just a matter of staying in that routine the whole time, as far as, you know, throwing every day, gym every day, you know, even if there's no team practice, like you said, it's not an everyday thing. But, you know, you find a way to go over there and get it done on your own. And then you still have, I mean, the whole day to go out and explore or, you know, go wherever, do whatever. But that's always been my my way of looking at it is that, you know, those teams are the ones bringing you over there. And that's who your your obligations to is to, you know, the coaches, the teammates, the whole organization to go out there and be your best every day. Yeah, and kind of like how you were saying how, uh, you know, in pro ball back home, it's so cutthroat and there's always another guy right there. Well, here it's there is another guy down the street. <laughs> you have to fly them over. So they kind of are, um, you know, when they're investing in bringing you over, you're the guy for the season. And it's rare that they'll send you home and bring someone back, especially a lot of them don't have the budget to be able to do something like that. So there really is just more responsibility on an import shoulders coming over in that regard, because a lot of their seasons really will live or die based on um, not only how the import performs, but also um, how they, how, you know, the, the energy they bring and, and how they contribute to the, the baseball culture within the team and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. And like you said, a lot of these teams don't have a big budget to be, you know, bringing guys back and forth. So, that's that's such a big investment on their part, you know, to to help on the field, off the field with the culture, like you said. So just so important to to do all the right things and set a good example all around, because um, it, it's so important. I found as I've continued to play just to always give back to the game and kind of help the game wherever you are in the world. So, um, you know, that's always been a big motivation as well, just to try to improve the game however you can. And usually that's by setting a good example yeah and I, I i don't know i've found in my travel i mean because yeah i mean we kind of bounced around like we never got to play together but um we always played like with the same teams just at different times <laughs> mm-hmm. but um one of the one of the things i found that a routine is super super important because i mean usually your practice days your game days are always the same throughout every week um so like you have your off days scheduled to where you can go out and travel. Um, and then you have your days where you're coaching, you have your days where you're practicing, you have your days where you're going out with some teammates and doing some social stuff. And I think 
it's, it's kind of important from an imports perspective to kind of do a little bit of everything and kind of get yourself out there. Um, not only play to the best of your ability, um, but also to help coach, help the team grow, um, work with some of the youth, uh, work with some of the second team guys, and also to just experience the culture and the country that you're living in. 100%. And that's, that's what's so special about it, too, is that, you know, not only are we kind of going over there and, um, you know, giving them kind of a taste of our baseball culture and trying to help the culture there, but the teams always do so much as far as helping us to understand their culture as well. You know, like you said, whether going out for a day trip with them or experiencing some of the nightlife or just anything like that, you know, so it's, it's a give and take. It's not just the one way, oh, we have to go over there and, you know, just do the baseball thing with them. I mean, they do so much as you guys know, just to kind of help um, welcome and all those sort of things as well. Yeah. You guys are very similar is what um, just in the way you approach this whole overseas thing. Um, and you both don't walk guys. It's kind of like of all the people that I've known that have come through the website, gone overseas, you're very similar in your outlook on international baseball and just the, your approach to the game too. And, and when you're on the mound. Um, so I'm curious, I'm going to ask both of you this question. I know that travel is a big aspect for both of you but you also are super passionate about the game. So if you had to take overseas baseball in general and put a, a, a percent ratio of, you know, what you get out of it, is it more about the baseball and a little less about the travel? Is it more about the travel? Is it kind of 50, 50? Cause I know some guys before you answer, they're all in on the travel, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go travel. And then sometimes maybe, um, they forget a little bit about why they're there and maybe do not give a hundred percent to the club that's invested in them. And, and so you both have really found a good balance of doing both. So I want to use you as examples of, of how to go about it. Right. Uh, and then others are there. It's all about the baseball and they don't even care about the travel. There's people like that too. And then often those guys are kind of disappointed because maybe the, the baseball isn't at the level they were hoping, depending on where they signed. So I just want to get your take on it. And how's that, how, how does that balance out if you could throw a percent on it? Tim, I'll let you take it first. I was going to let you take it first. We're, we're that similar. <laughs> um, just say ditto. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of tough to put a percentage on it, but like I was saying earlier, you know, it's to me, it's, it's kind of, you do the baseball first because that's kind of the obligation. So, you know, if I have a day where I want to go to the beach or I want to go to the mountains or, or anything like that, you know, I'll go in early, get my throw in, get my gym in, you know, so I take care of that first. And then once that's all completed, then I can kind of move on to either the travel or whatever I wanted to do that day. Um, or you just go throw at the beach. I mean, that works too. That works too. Um, but I think like a good example of what you're asking, Dave, is um, when I just got done in Argentina, you know, I was in a city, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity during the season just because of the schedule to kind of go do a whole bunch of travel. But what I was able to do was once the season was over, then it was, you know, hey, I can stay down here for another couple of weeks and head out and travel to all these places I've kind of wanted to go. So it just, it all fits together kind of like a puzzle at some point, you know, you can always find a way to, to travel, get the baseball done. And I think like you were saying, it's just, it's a matter of just being able to balance the two and 
there's always time available, but I've spoken enough on that. I think that's your turn. Jim. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, yeah. Baseball was always kind of the priority for me. Like baseball always came first. That was the reason I was brought over there. That was like the opportunity for me to get that chance to travel in the first place. Um, but I mean, I also was really big on traveling as well. So that's why, I mean, similar to Tim, every season I would go to a new country and a new league, uh, just to kind of see a new culture, see a different part of the world. Um, part of my motivation, I think was to kind of grow in terms of level. I think my first season overseas was in Austria. Um, then I went to Australia, then France. And I mean, I always kind of wanted to see how far I can get. Um, but at the same time, um, I also just wanted to go to a new part of the world and travel. I mean, it's hard to really put a percentage on it. I mean, both of them were definitely priorities. Um, but I think with the schedule of baseball overseas, I was able to prioritize both and there was time for both. I was able to focus on baseball. I was able to compete and have fun with my team. Um, but I was also able to, there was also time for me to go out and schedule some trips outside of my baseball time to where I could do both and kind of travel and play baseball. And I'd like to add just from observation over the years of imports coming in and watching you guys both getting to be on the field with both of you is the more you give to a club, whether it's on or off the field, just the more you're immersed in that club and the more you bring to that club, whether you're volunteering, coaching or helping out or, or opening up the, the gate for the delivery guy and showing up early to do that, just little things like that. The more you get involved like that, the more they're uh, apt to say, hey, you know what? take this this day off and this day off and, and go on a trip somewhere or whatever, or even they'll pay for that trip or like the, the travel yeah. aspect or whatever. So the more you, you give back, the more you contribute, the more they'll give back is what I found. Absolutely. Well, and the other part that that's, I mean, true too, that I think is worth pointing out is the baseball part is fun too. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're saying, Oh, you have to do baseball to be able to, to do all the travel and, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, just being around the team. And I mean, we all love baseball. Anybody who who plays it loves it too. So that aspect of it is fun too. They're just two different realms that you can kind of access when mm -hmm. you're over there. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, both of them are so important for that balance. And I mean, the reason we all started playing in the first place is because it was fun. Yeah. yeah. And I guess what could be really refreshing too, as someone with a lengthy professional career, like you had, and then going over is just, the, the grassroots enthusiasm of it and everything. And that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're less caught up in the politics and it's more about for the love of the game often. Um, and I'd, I've heard time and time again of some of the guys with similar backgrounds to you that kind of got burnt out and then they went overseas and then it just became like, they just fell in love with the game all over again. And it's that community aspect overseas that really um, empowers that. Absolutely. And you're not playing for, for money you're not playing for anything other than like you said just the love of the game you know and that everybody on that field is out there playing for that same reason and it, it shows there's just a passion there and there's just um just the love of the game yeah so, tim i'm curious um because we did have kind of similar paths with uh, going to new teams in different countries but what was your motivation having your experience in indie ball and professional ball uh, to go to a new team in a new country every season and go somewhere new every, every year. 
Um, like, was it the travel aspect? Was it um, the baseball aspect or just growing the game? Like, what, what was your um, kind of mindset behind uh, always going to a new team every year? A little bit of everything um, that you kind of described there, you know, because you want to you want to help grow the game in all these different places. You want to go meet people of different cultures and just for me, so much of it is just see what's out there, you know, see how the game differs from different countries. Um, the travel is obviously a huge part of it, you know, cause it's this great, big, beautiful world out there, you know, let's go see it and go on an adventure somewhere. So yeah. I think a little bit of everything. Yeah. But, but now for the first time you've re-signed with the club. So what is it? The beach? Is it the, <laughs> cause I mean, look at that place. It's, it's an unreal. So you're going back to split and th- isn't that the first time overseas that you've, you've played for the same club. First time going back. Um, I played for golden Grove twice overseas in Australia. Um, yeah, I think definitely just kind of the beach aspect. Um, you know, one of the, the big aspects they have mentioned possibly being able to push Croatian citizenship for yeah, me there. That's huge. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's obviously a huge motivation if you could, you know, have a European passport and not have to deal with visas and and all those different things. So um, whether that goes through or not, I don't know, but it's definitely worth a try. And I think going back to Croatia gives me the best opportunity to kind of be in their ear, kind of push that along too. Um, So hopefully that would help too. So um, I think those two factors, um, you know, the possible citizenship being a big one, but then obviously you'll never complain about being in split either. So not a, not a bad place to be. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. So the citizenship, there's no bloodline there. It's, it's just, there, they, there's some way that they can help you become a citizen. Yeah. And I don't know the exact, how they do it really. Somehow it's through, I think the Olympic sports committee. Um, I just know they've done it with some other guys as well. So mm-hmm. um yeah, hoping that it kind of works out for me too. Very cool. Yeah, I hope so too. That'd be great. Um, I, I'm curious to hear about your your experience in Argentina, um, which I didn't mention at the beginning. That's where you most recently were um, this past fall slash winter leading up to the Christmas break. Uh, how was that trip? How was that experience? Let's talk from a baseball side maybe to start with. Incredible. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, <laughs> baseball is baseball wherever you go. Um, so it, it's always fascinated me how the game doesn't change, but at the same time, it's so different, you know, all the different places you play. And I think the one, if I could kind of describe the baseball there in one word, it would just be passion. You know, the guys there play with such passion of the game, um, just kind of that, that Latin culture, um, a lot of, you know, Argentinians, obviously, um, Venezuelans, Cubans, and they're just, they're so excited to show up and play every single game and they're in from the first pitch to the last pitch. So into it, just, you know, screaming, yelling, dancing, everything (laughs) you can imagine, just so excited just to play a game of baseball. And that was infectious too. And like you said, it kind of, it can just kind of recapture that love of the game for why we all started because it's just a bunch of kids out there playing and they're just so love it so much. And high level of baseball, you know, a lot of guys who have been signed either in, you know, like a Dominican league or in the U S or something. So very high level. Um, I think this year there was only four teams there. So again, the talent among the teams is very high because it's not spread out so much. Um, 
but just, yeah, I mean, again, passion, I think is the one word you'd have to use to describe it. What is the structure of that league? Because I know in the past uh, they had like a couple teams based around Cordoba, which is where you were, and then a couple teams based over in Buenos Aires. Did they have that this this year? Were there a couple teams yeah. in both? We had two teams in Cordoba and then two teams up in, in Salta, which is up in the north. Ah, okay. So basically every three weeks, um, either we would take a trip up to Salta or the Salta teams would take a trip down to us. Um, so we'd play them, you know, like every third weekend or something. So needless to say, we got sick of playing the other team in, in Cordoba quite a bit, just yeah. like I'm sure the Salta got sick of each other. But yeah. um, And that was the other part. There was never bad blood you know everybody was you know just like i said they loved being out there and there was such a respect level you know not only among teammates but among the other teams as well yeah awesome i know there's not a lot of importing going on in terms of north americans going there but uh it uh, can were there any other north americans there this past uh season uh no i think i was the only gringo there the whole time (laughs) (laughs) and that was your name gringo (laughs) I'm sure they had some other names for me, but yeah, good for <laughs> probably the night. Well, they probably didn't like facing you. I know you put up some pretty big numbers down there too. I know you're quite humble and you won't mention that, but you had you had a really good year. I know uh, Pablo, who brought you down, he compared you to the like Argentinian, like Greg Maddox, just going down there, throwing strikes and just, yeah, doing what you've done year after year. Well, there's there's no comparison to Greg Maddox, so we'll just move on from that one. I mean, he's it's just not even fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I, I faced you in uh, I faced you in New Zealand. I know you spot up. I know you got that sink. You got a run on a lot of run on that two seam and that slider, and uh, and you spot up very well. So I mean, yeah, very humble of you, but I would beg to differ. Well, I appreciate that, but secret for you guys, that's all I got is just a little sinker. So. That's, that's it that's it hey it works i'm glad i didn't have to face you let's put that way. i mean you look at mariano rivera he just did the same thing but it just cut the other way that's yeah, all you but need. he's another one how can you compare anybody to him yeah. well how can you compare anyone to tim brown that's so i have a couple of questions around the the lifestyle side of things so i mean I saw, I'm not that familiar with Argentina, like what, where to go and what to do. And so, but you sent a lot of pretty nice looking photos. So maybe you could just tell us like what, what was something cool you did while you're down there? Probably the coolest thing I did um, after the season wrapped up, went to a, a three week road trip down in Patagonia. And oh yeah, Patagonia. Again, it was just, it was like living in a painting. It was unbelievable. You know, just, yeah. there's no way to even describe it really just the mountains and, you know, driving down, there, it was like you you went through every possible setting you could go through. I mean, there was desert, mountains, lakes, prairies, just everything. And all I can really say is that, I mean, the photos, you can't even describe them. So the best you can do is go look at those because it was yeah. an unbelievable experience. I'm sure the photos don't even do it justice. I mean, Patagonia has been on my bucket list for so long. I really want, I really want to make my way down there. That looks just amazing. It wouldn't disappoint either. I mean, it was just, again, you asked me to describe it, but there's no words to describe it. You just got to go and see it for yourself. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, how does uh, Patagonia compare to uh, the South Island of New Zealand? Because I know you did some uh, trips down there as well. 
And I mean, it's very similar. I mean, from what you described, very similar in terms of the geography of the South Island is just so diverse in terms of like you have the dunes, you have pastures, you got a bunch of sheep, you got mountains, you got lakes, you have fjords, you have everything. So, I mean, is it kind of similar in that sense? I would say very similar. Um, and then I think probably the biggest difference is in New Zealand, I think they say you're never more than what, 40, 45 minutes from a, from the ocean, you know, just yeah. because it's narrow island. Whereas, you know, Patagonia, I mean, it's such a large region, yeah. but especially um, most of the places that, that I was at, it's very inland, you know, so you're not really close to that ocean. So um, it definitely gets a lot colder. I think the mountains jet up a lot more, uh, more glaciers, things, yeah. things like that. But I mean, both are just, as you know, South Island, New Zealand is just stunning. So yeah. both are just incredible in their own is way. Is it like similar to like Milford Sound and some, like the Fox Glacier, Franz Josef Glacier down there? Yeah, yeah. And so like there's different parts you could really compare each other to. Um, like you said, the glacier towns down in um, New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, if you go to Calafate and um, Chalten mm-hmm. in in Argentina, it's basically the same thing. And then, you know, like Queenstown um, was very similar to, it's just called the lakes region in Argentina. Very, very similar in those senses. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Hey, Tim, you've been now on, you've played baseball on four different continents, I believe, if I'm, if I'm counting right. Um, I, so, I know he's got. His you know where I'm heading with this. Mind. Yeah. So, and you've you've now you you reached out to us and you said you're interested in playing in South Africa. <clears throat> so that's is that the next goal on your list? Is is that a continent thing, or you just always want to go to South Africa, or is it like bucket list continents? Well, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you here, Dave. So I actually, when I was 13, I actually went to go play in Japan. Um, oh. Had like a travel team there. So South Africa would actually be six. And then if you guys are interested, we can get some guys together and go get a pickup in Antarctica. (laughs) We can try to do that. Um, I mean, yeah. We just have to at least play catch or something. That's it. Just take a ball and a glove and you're good. Just take an icicle and hit a snowball or I don't know. Something that works. Well, let's get you to, let's get you to Africa first. And then we'll, we'll, we'll start figuring out that one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, South Africa, as far as that goes, is just, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit of like, it'd be cool, you know, continent kind of thing. But at the same time, I mean, it's a completely new part of the world, never been there before. It just has something very, um, you know, exotic about it that you just, you'd want to see for yourself and just get down there. So, um, again, just kind of goes back to, you know, same reason for Australia or Argentina or Europe, just see a new part of the world, see what it's like down there. And just, you never know till you go try it. So why not go on an adventure? Yeah. Why not? That's awesome. And it, so now it's it's like, let's say you go to South Africa. We're, we're on a decade right now of overseas baseball. Yeah. 2012 to, to 2022. And when I interviewed you five years ago, I thought, oh, maybe you'll play a couple of years in Europe or whatever. But here we are talking about like, all right, what's next? So what, where do you see this going? How, how many years are you getting? Are you going to start coaching at some point and, and, and travel the world coaching or what's, what's the plan or just one year at a time? 
He's still you know, playing. He's not going to give it up. <laughs> you know, when I first started playing, um, when I got done in college, I said, because again, it's so cutthroat. I just wanted to last two weeks. You know, I just wanted to be able to stay on a team for two weeks. I had no idea it would turn into to everything that it's turned into. Um, but I've always said, as long as I'm having fun and as long as I have a desire to continue to get better every day, then I'll keep doing it, you know, and it's, it's fun. And I think that, you know, life's so short that you gotta, if you have the means to go do something that you love every single day, you know, why wouldn't you go do it? So I'm still having a blast doing it. I'm still, you know, I still have that desire and that fire to, to continue to get better. So who knows, we might be doing this in 10 years and you'll be asking me what I'm doing. Um, Are we ever going to play on the same team for once? I, I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, I got a suggestion this this uh, summer because we might be taking over for the international stars who appear not to be putting a team into Prague Baseball Week. So we're trying to get a baseball jobs overseas team in. Um, whether and and in Finkston Ball, we're trying to. So and we Spoiler and then we want to and then we want to keep that going. So I know in the past you 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 didn't you didn't throw your name in the hat because you wanted to go travel during that weekend off or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So just throwing it out there, no pressure, something to think about. Um, so it's just mark it on your calendar, June twenty second to twenty fifth. Come on, Tim. I love that idea, and I, I love Prague, so I'm sure you can you can convince me. BBJL Globetrotters. That's it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, even just come in for a couple of days and then go travel around. You, you get your innings in, and then you can go travel around. Yeah. No, if, I, if I'm in it, I'm in it for the team. We're taking that that win. For yep. sure. Heck yeah. Yeah, well, I have you written on the list is we have we put a wish list for our roster and and you know, you're you're one of the the guys on the list. So we have some quick fire questions for you Timmy. Okay. So we're just going to fire some out. I don't, I don't even know if they're quick. They don't have to be quick responses, but they're intended to kind of a little bit of rapid fire. Top 3 cheap travel tips. That's a tough one. Uh, that is a tough one. Camping, uh, top three really put me on the spot here. I'm, I'm trying to draw uh, one answer out of you, but no pressure. Uh, camping, cook your own food, and have good friends. Yeah, that's a good one. I have a I have a little side question on that. I heard a rumor um, that you just eat dry oatmeal, like just kind of out of the out of the bag. That's what, I, that's what I was for, trying to draw out of them. That's what I was trying to. Is that just like yeah. for some like basic nutrients? To use, just some fuel, some like light fuel to keep you going. Well, I'm saying if you're going on a hike and it's kind of an all day something, you got to get to the highest point in town. You just got your bag of oats right there, and you can just pop it in. It's nice and easy, nice and nutritious, keeps you going. I mean, yeah, I doesn't that's everybody awesome. do that? And dirt cheap. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm all Where's Ryan Rupp? Where's Rupp? He sent me a five kilo bag because his family makes them here in Austria. So, <laughs> all right, next question. Make him your best friend when you're overseas. That's a good idea. Yeah. Next question. All right. You've been a lot of places, um, but what is your favorite beach so far? Oh, uh, gotta be Australia. Gotta be somewhere in Australia. Um, I need a, I need a specific beach. Got to narrow it down. Brisbane, the, there's a beach right in the city center. It lo- uh-huh. kind of overlooks the city. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Better than Pija? 
Ah, oh, see, and you gave me Piha there. Piha's Piha, I—that's my favorite. Yeah, no, you stayed with Mike there, didn't you? Uh, I was with Brian. With oh Brian. yeah, I, went, I did. I did meet up with with Mike. Yeah, how can you? How can you? How can that not be your favorite? You you had a friend. Your coach was. Uh, he had a private house like up on this ridge that overlooked Piha Beach. It like words don't even describe it. It was just the most beautiful place. And just lovely people there. Uh, the best people. Yeah, Mike was yeah. is unbelievable. Like you pull up to this house and it's basically a scenic lookout. Like there's the sign and everything. And there's people out there taking pictures. And uh, this guy, Mike, who's one of the best guys ever, just like, yeah, come. You got the whole wing of the house down there. Just do whatever you want. I mean, just. I've, yeah, seen, I've seen pictures and video. I think Dorch sent a couple. Um, best living arrangement to date. Like set Jeez. up. Yeah, that, that might be Mike over at Piha. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of thinking maybe that's what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. Mike, anywhere anywhere close to the beach, and I'm that's the best setup. Yeah. It's not the shipping container, no, no. <laughs> I mean that was that was special. That was very special. And, and then the cool. then you got moved to the apartment, and then the lights went out, the electricity went out. So I think you were sleeping on a mattress in the clubhouse for a while, weren't you? Oh yeah, we had, we had fun there though. It was it was a fun time. <laughs> It really, it really was. Just throwing that thing under the bus, but hey, it was actually pretty sick, though. I mean, like the all right, it's a shipping container, but it's a nice shipping container. It's got like windows. You have a nice bed. It's insulated. Doesn't get too hot or too cold. And then you have access to the like the locker room and the clubhouse, which is where you get like MLB TV. You got like everything there, food, drinks. Yeah. So it's no, it's a cool. It's a decent. I mean, there's some people. It's not made for them. But a lot the the people like Tim who are accustomed to just traveling around and sleeping on floors or wherever you got to sleep, it's it's a pretty neat little setup. Like I wouldn't have minded it as as a traveling baseball player. Yeah. Um, but I know I know that um, some people don't exactly, you know, they need to be a little more pampered. Maybe. <laughs> no, it was great, and it's all part of the adventure. It's just part of the experience. Yeah, yeah. it is. That's the way to approach it. All right. Uh, best baseball community around a club. I really enjoyed the very, very first one I had at uh, Golden Grove. It was just a very, very tight knit group. Everybody was just so welcoming. I mean, the families there are just so welcoming. So just unbelievable people that are still, you know, my family. I mean, because they're just so incredible. So yeah. off the top, I'd have to go with with those Golden Grove Dodgers. Which is in I'm Adelaide, sure Australia, to, just in case for people yeah, that are listening. Yeah. 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 I'm sure it's tough to kind of narrow out one because you probably had a lot of good ones too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's Czech Republic, New Zealand. I mean, all these people who are just, like I said, they're family now. They're family because they're just such incredible people. So, speaking of incredible people, now we're talking outside of the, the club community. Just is there a country that you've gone to where you just felt like, wow, like the people, the local people are so friendly and, and everybody wants to get to know you and where you just had uh, just kind of were blown away with the, the, the friendliness of the locals. I was blown away actually by, by Argentina. Um, and I don't know necessarily about, you know, the locals as far as people not associated with the team, but everyone on the team there in Argentina you know, from Pablo, um, yourself, Scott, setting it all up, making it all possible. Scott but just everyone was just so, so incredible and welcoming. And 
they didn't know what the hell I was saying. I didn't know what the hell they were saying, <laughs> but somehow it just worked. You know, we, we spoke yeah. baseball and that was enough, you know, so yeah. that was such a family atmosphere with that group of guys down there. Cool. I love hearing that. All right. Almost there. What about uh, biggest culture shock? You know, again, I think that would probably be Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't think it's just because it's fresh in my mind, but it was just, um, just an example. I think it was, it was probably midnight one time. I'm kind of getting ready for bed and the guys I'm living with walk in the room. They're like, Tim, Tim, come eat, come eat. And we had dinner at 1230 at night. Cause it's just kind of what you do there. I mean, they eat late, sleep late. Um, I would never drive in the city there cause it's, I, I mean, driving there is, they don't have stop signs. I don't know if they don't believe in them or what, but it's just somehow, somehow it works, but it, it was definitely a culture shock there. And of course yeah. the, the language and everything too, but, uh, um, we're just able to get over it, get past it. And God, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's cool. I'd love to hear that you had a good time there. Um, so you were just talking about Tim, come eat. Um, what about traditional cuisine that you've tried during your travels? Is there any favorite cuisine that you've tried? <clears throat> um, cuisine. Well, and again, the food in Argentina was, it was incredible, but I, I got very spoiled in the Czech Republic. Um, cause again, I got close with the family over there. And, um, one of the moms was just, she would basically cook these unbelievable meals pretty much every day for, for lunch. And she was trying to learn English at the time. She was trying to help me kind of speak Czech, which didn't quite, didn't quite happen. Um, but yeah. Um, so mama Klaus would just cook these incredible meals and it was just, so I got very, very spoiled in the Czech Republic and Czech has such a cool culture and just, the food and everything was unbelievable. So mm. um, I would say the Czech really stands out with that one. Love the Czech food. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. And it's yeah. super cheap too. Super cheap. And it was, it was home cooked. It was a warm meal and it was just, it was definitely something to look forward to every day. All right. Now for our last one, I think I might know the answer to this, but uh, one location overseas that you would settle in for the rest of your life, where would it be you, and why? If you had to. Uh, if you had to. And it had if to be I overseas. To. See, and that's, that's the other tough part is that I've loved everywhere I've been. Yeah. I've never had a, something where like, oh, I have to have these things required to, to settle somewhere. But if I had to choose... I mean, I do love Split. I love Australia, um, New Zealand. Damn. <laughs> Some good that, spots. That, anywhere. Very difficult. Um, Very difficult. You've been to some really cool places. Yeah. And hopefully not done yet. Yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably choose Australia. Um, and again, part of that might just be because I've, I've lived there the longest out of anywhere I've been, but I just, I love the culture. I love the people. They're very, very just kind of in your face. They'll tell you exactly how they feel, you know, which <laughs> I, uh, it's a fun, fun culture to be around. It is. But would it be in Brisbane, Adelaide or Melbourne? See, I, I love the people. I'm putting you Adelaide. on the spot. You got to, you got to narrow it down. Well, I love the people in Adelaide. I mean, there's some of my favorite people ever with that team. But I don't know if I've ever been a place just as 
beautiful as Brisbane. I mean, mm-hmm. you'll have beaches just for miles and miles and miles and nobody's there because yeah. they're everywhere. And it's just yeah. the, the weather is always warm. You know, the water's warm. It's just, just an incredible place. So yeah. I'm basically mm-hmm. dancing around your answer right here. Not to have to give one. Very, very diplomatic of you. Did you ever make it down to Sydney? I did make it down to Sydney. Yeah. Um, definitely love Sydney, the opera house and the whole Harbor down there. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I love living down there. Cause I was just South of Sydney. So I was like kind of away from the city, but again, just as you mentioned with Brisbane, it's just a long stretch of beaches. Like you go, we lived where I was at. It was like two minutes away from the beach. And then you go there and there's like, I don't know, three people within like a mile stretch. And yeah. it's just, you have the whole place to yourself and it's so relaxing and it's so beautiful. And I feel like that's just all of Australia. Into both places. And, and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just, I wish that I did what you guys did and just travel the world playing baseball. Well, well Zane, now you're, you're fine now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I can do it. Maybe I can do it. Not play, but. And now you've been solely responsible for helping over 1600 people do this instead of you. <laughs> I need to start golf jobs overseas. There you go. You probably got to get better at your golf game. Oh yeah. That's not going to help me either. Oh. <laughs> but we're, yeah, Tim, I'd love to do a trip down to split. I've been wanting to go there for so long. And the fact that you're going to be there is all the more reason uh, to do that this summer. And we'll try to get Jimmy to come too somehow. I know he's trying to juggle baseball and wife and yeah. everything. So national yeah. team, you know, but it'd be great. No, come come on down. I mean, it's, it won't disappoint. It's absolutely stunning down there. And I think you guys would love it. Would love to see you guys, of course. So yeah, come on down. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I got to do it. Got to do it. And it's not even far. That's the beauty of Europe, right? Um, we're in Salzburg, Austria, and I'll just Google it real quick. I think it's about, I'm going to guess seven hours by car. Uh, I think it might be more than that. Down to split. I think it's just seven hours over to like. Oh, Ula, yeah, like you're right. Romania. This is more like 11 hours. Like 10, yeah, 10, 11. What? Seven minutes. <laughs> there must be a place called split in Salzburg. Well, it's only eight hours. All right. That's not bad. Not, not bad at all. Make some stops in uh, Italy and Slovenia. And probably stop in Ljubljana. What a great city, Ljubljana in Slovenia. I was going to say, that, that's the beauty of it, too, is if you take that trip, there's so many places to kind of see along the way. And yeah. like, Ljubljana is incredible. Um, have you ever been to Lake Bled? No, it was on my, that. It was on the list. That's where I was going on that trip to Croatia as we we're coming back and we're going to go to Lake Bled. Uh, yeah. But, oh no, I was at Lake Blood this past summer. Sorry. Yeah. I was just, <laughs> yeah. Didn't you go I there flew, with Yana? Yeah, I flew my drone. I was thinking of that one in Italy. I was thinking of the other one. Uh, Lake Garda. Garda. Yeah, Sea. Garda. I was thinking of that. No, I was at Lake Bled. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. You lived there too. I forgot you were in Slovenia. So yeah, you hold on. I have a very important question. How do you pronounce the team that you played for? Is it Kronsky Lishaki? Is that close ish? Kronsky. Uh, Kron Lishaki. Oh man, I've been butchering Crunchy. Crunchy. <laughs> and you always make fun of me. Oh, that's great. Crunchy. Hey, 
He's been calling oh. Chile Chile this whole time. <laughs> it is Chile. It, it depends on the dialect where you're from. It's not Chile. No, but yeah, Ljubljana was. Ljubljana is. I loved it so much this past summer. I, I went on a, a father daughter trip to Ljubljana and Lake Bled, and I got drone footage of Lake Bled. Just beautiful. And <clears throat> I, I said I, I need to come back here with the boys because it was a. It seemed like a, a really good nightlife, so I want to I want to go back uh, this summer and then hop down to Split, do a little trip that way, and then maybe even go up along the coast down over to Montpellier. Yeah, I want to yeah. do a, a good long trip. But no, all of all of um, Slovenia is just incredible. I mean, it's such a hidden gem that mm-hmm. I think we're going to kind of start to discover a little bit now because yeah. it is so beautiful with the mountains and it's still on the coast and castles. Forest. I mean, it's just. I think it's going to get a lot more popular because it's it's that good. Yeah, really. Right on. Well, looks like we're just over an hour here, Tim. Like you are truly an ambassador of the game. Um, it's an honor to have you on here. It was great talking to you. Um, I hope we can cross paths again here soon. Um, we'll mark it down in the calendar. You will be at Prague Baseball Week. Um, <laughs> no, it's on you, but. Um, Again, thank you for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure to talking to you again, and uh, look forward to next time. No pleasure's all mine. Thank you, guys. Yep. I'm going to second everything Jimmy just said. But good to see you, buddy. <laughs> good to see you guys too. Thank you. Right. Good on. Have a good one. See you yep. soon. If any of you or someone you know are interested in learning about playing or coaching overseas, the best way to go about it is to go to baseballjobsoverseas.com and just fill out the feedback form. And then one of us, likely Jimmy, will follow up with honest and detailed feedback on what your chances are in taking your career overseas and in which countries. Uh, The next probably thing I would recommend would be to educate yourself about what overseas has to offer. And there's plenty on our blog. Just go to our website and then go to the blog. Uh, Our YouTube channel, Instagram account, any of those will give you a nice feel at least to what overseas has to offer but the blog is where you could actually learn a lot about the leagues and listen to interviews like this once again thanks for listening and until next time may the baseball gods be with you